2: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45% up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
3: 11 on a Sunday morning. Welcome back to the huddle. Dave, Pete, Charlie. Great to have you. If you missed anything from the first hour of today's show, especially our uh, interview with John tower, the university of head university of St. Thomas head basketball coach. Uh, great chat with him at the end of the first hour. I encourage you to go download the podcast, listen to it on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Former Gopher head coach Jerry Kill is in the news again. You might ask yourself why, because New Mexico State <laughs> got trounced, trounced by Fresno State 37 to 10 at New Mexico at the what was it called? The Ileta New Mexico Bowl. <laughs> yep. Kill's team lost to Fresno State 37-10. to And afterwards, after the loss, he was so upset about what he claims was unfair practices by not letting them practice indoors one day. He was so upset after the game that he just couldn't hold his tongue anymore. Charlie, play us Jerry Kill and, and hit <laughs> just that raw emotion, please, sir. Okay. Um, let's he fill in went the on blanks, on, Dave. Yeah, I, I mean, let, let's fill in the blanks here for for those that are not caught up on whatever Mr. Kill was rambling about, and because we can't ask the college football community, uh, profession, excuse me, what they think. What he is insinuating is that New Mexico's quarterback Diego Pavia is his name. There's a video that surfaced earlier in the year of him. Uh, urinating on a logo right uh, on on the logo and it came out after the game that he did this it was a social media video once again kids don't put things on social media he was disciplined uh, so so he appeared in a video urinating on the New Mexico logo on the school's indoor practice field so so there's some there's some back story here as to why maybe th- that would happen why they would not let them in, into the field, but I there's a lot of problems with this. First of all, number one, you're insinuating that public urination and and uh, uh, on a logo in a facility is the same thing as not letting someone back into the facility, and that the the penalties should be the same, which is <laughs> ludicrous. Th- those are two very different things. Number one, number two, you got blown out by Fresno, blown out. 37 out. to 10 <laughs> one practice at an indoor facility does not make the difference in a 37 to 10 loss jerry and three you may have a beef here may and and you know if you, if people are not familiar and you know this pete when you go to these bowl games whether you're in state or not whether and i and i used to work the independence bowl when i was in louisiana even if the team was in Louisiana, they could still technically be the visiting team. But everything had to be fair and equal because it is supposed to be a, a neutral site, and there's supposed to be no benefit to either team. So they have to keep everything the same. So now, I don't know if Fresno State got one extra day less of practicing in an indoor facility. But if you're really that upset about this, don't air your dirty laundry out to everybody. Everybody. Nothing good comes of this Jerry you don't look good even if you're down in Mexico enjoying margaritas the next day this does not look good for you this does not look good for the institution and it is once again a reminder that Jerry kill is a hothead he is a hothead and he cannot keep his mouth closed and he really should sometimes and this is one of those times.
4: Well, and when he self-promoted himself as classy, I'm not sure that this falls yeah. under that category.
3: <laughs> and I point. say,
4: you know, Dave, I know, I think, I think I speak for both of us. I, I like Jerry. I know Jerry very well. I think he's an interesting guy. You know, I think he's a very good football coach, and he's, he's always out there for the players. But in this particular instance, that is not the place to air this laundry. <laughs> right. It's it's just a bad decision. Whether you agree with them or disagree with them or whatever, it's a bad decision to finish out that season. A great season for them. They won 10 games, I think, right? So they they had this wonderful season. They got their opportunity to bowl game. The year before they had to petition for a bowl game by by getting an extra game and all the rest of the crazy things mm-hmm. that went on. So he he does a lot for his players, but this just was uh off the beaten path Dave, yes. I mean, it just strange. It's, it was strange, and you know, even throwing out the idea of, look, I can go to Mexico and drink margaritas. It's like, well, what, what does that have to do with any, anything? But and when you said blown away, how about this? They had 200 total yards, 58 passing yards in the game. Fresno State just lit them up up. from start to finish, 500 yards total, 380 passing, and it was never close. It was never really a football game. It was a a bowl game where Fresno State wanted to probably prove to everybody, hey, look, we're here to play, but we're not necessarily happy, so we're just going to make this a, a, a terrible game where we beat these guys down, and they did. And they did. And Jerry yeah. was pretty ticked off about it. He but was. But one practice,
3: really? <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the second st- – he's reached a bowl game in each of his first two seasons. But let's remember, the, re- the way they got to the bowl game last year mm-hmm. was because they had to appeal uh, and have that extra game so that they could get that extra win. Uh, in a statement following the news conference, the New Mexico Bowl said, quote, it works with both par- participating institutions to ensure equal access to training – and practice facilities. The University of New Mexico has been gracious hosts of this game for the past 18 years, and this game was no ex- this year's game was no exception. Understanding the nature of both in-state and in-conference rivalries, there is always a sense of ensuring that all parties respect each other's property, which in this case was upheld by both institutions. So uh, who knows? The, the truth always lies somewhere in between, right? <laughs> I mean, did their AD try to take away a day of practice for them indoors, and it was snowing? If he did, then yes, shame on him. Should he be disciplined and and cast out the entire state as a pariah? Probably not because it's <laughs> one practice day and you've had a month to prepare for them at your own school. <laughs> so it's just it, to, to, if, And if you're not blaming this as an excuse, and I certainly hope that Jerry Kill, uh, in all of his stature as a coach, knows better than to to, to say that one practice – Was the difference between a thirty-seven to ten loss and being competitive? How ridiculous that is, and how stupid that sounds. And if that's not what he thinks, then why are you saying this after the game? (laughs) There's no point, Jerry. And I, you know, he's a good football coach, and that's fine. However, you feel about him, but the bottom line is whether you have a case or not. This is not the place to do it. You, You can people can bag on on PJ Fleck all they want. But P.J. Fleck is not an excuses guy. He may say things behind closed doors. He, he, will do, he may take other uh, umbrage with people or things or whatever. But when he's out there in a news conference, he gives you the same thing. This is on me. The loss is on me. I'll take care of it. That's what you want in your coach. You want a guy who is a professional, not a guy who is a hothead.
4: And Dave, I'll tell you this, the bowl games have begun, obviously, uh, this being one of them, but I didn't see it in person, but I've read about it, I've I've looked it up, but the Starco Brands LA Bowl, yep, that's another one of the bowl games, but here's the beauty of it, (laughs) this features Gronk, Gronk is all over the place, right, so... The fact that he sings the national anthem is pretty yeah. classic. In it, he exactly. sang the
1: national anthem. Well, Pete, it was hosted by Gronk, and even the the midfield logo on the football field said "hosted by Gronk." By Gronk, oh,
4: <laughs> and and on top of that, Dave, he raced a dog.
3: <laughs> come on, college football, That's have some respect for. Yeah, have some respect for yourself
1: and the institution of of college sports. And, we're just giving anybody a bowl game now. Well, and Dave, you may think, um, you know, that's Miami of Ohio and Louisiana or Jacksonville State. No, no, this was UCLA versus Boise State. <laughs> oh These were two gosh. not bad teams. No, what a joke! <laughs> what a
3: joke this has all become. I, it's it's it's. They're playing I had no idea. Too.
4: They're playing up the joke. I mean, they're literally, or they're going there. And when, when earlier in the year, when I saw that that this was a Gronk's boat, basically bowl game, it's it's unbelievable. it's just one more thing where we're just going. Are these bowl games for real?
3: The NCAA <laughs> has no morals and no principles anymore. It is just literally about who can write the check and how much is it worth, and anything else goes that it's, it's just ridiculous. It's well.
4: And unfortunately we're a part of part of this whole thing because, you know, we got there not because we necessarily played our way in it's because of our academics, which is a good thing, but you know, let's be honest about the bowl game that we're going to it's we're there not because of our five and seven record, which is not that impressive, obviously, but it's because the academics were good enough and they needed it because there's 42 bowl games.
1: And Dave, well, it's it's always been about the money. They're just a lot better at it now. Uh, They're just a lot I, I better mean, at finding finding that you know penny underneath the couch. Penny, un-
3: <laughs> penny underneath the couch. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's exactly what the Gronk bull is. It's a penny <laughs> underneath the couch. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Let's talk some positivity, huh? Timberwolves chemistry is absolutely incredible. I'll tell you why I think this is just so good for long-term success for this team coming up next
2: (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: The Minnesota Timberwolves are the hottest team in the Western Conference and many people think maybe one of the best teams in the NBA. The 19-5 and 5 right now coming off a big win over the Pacers, uh, last, it was, last night, it was last night. Yep, yeah. last night. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm no. I'm now in the camp now, and I'm curious what people think out there. Uh, hit us up on the WCCO talk and text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Are you ready to believe? Mm-hmm. Is this the team that we that that finally we're going to have a contender in the NBA in the state of Minnesota? I I, last night really convinced me. I think finally after that game, I thought, okay, maybe the shoe's not going to drop. We're not just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I say this because of a couple of things. One, there's a quote that Anthony Edwards said after the game that that really stuck with me, and it was in the Star Tribune today. Great article by Kent Youngblood, who's a great, great, uh, great writer. Uh, Quote, we both speaking of Carl uh, Anthony Towns, we both put our pride to the side and just want to win, said Edwards of the chemistry between he and Carl Anthony Towns. That's the main thing. A lot of people try to put us against each other. We talk more than a lot of people think. We super cool. We are super cool and super efficient. The article goes on to say, and if you watched the game last night, the first quarter was all Carl Anthony Town- Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. They literally had no answer for him. He's driving in the paint, three guys around him, and he's still getting buckets to fall. I think he had 14 points uh, in, in the first quarter alone, finished with 40. And then Anthony Edwards takes over, right? And, and they're they're complementary to each other. And because you have this working now where it's no longer about I, it's about we. And I honestly think in the time that I've been in Minnesota, this is one of the first times I can remember a team saying, hey, you know what? We don't care about stats. We just want to win, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to do so.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think the Timberwolves, we've been on this for a while now about the idea that they play, they're they playing as a team, and they, they're pushing themselves through. They've had Anthony Edwards had to sit out, had the injury that he had, but – this is a team that's not about load management like everybody else like the Lakers who stink and some of these others. But I think that the reality is when you when you look at this team, yeah, they're the best team right now in the NBA. We did beat Boston in a head-to-head game. They're both about I think we're both 19 and 5. But what I what I like about what they're doing is their consistency, Dave. And that's that's the important part is, yeah, you always need somebody to step up, but I think there's this consistency factor and that's why they've won 8 of the last 10 and they've won 2 of the last 3. They are playing at a high level, whether Anthony has to sit out because of an injury
3: mm-hmm. or
4: whatever the case may be, and I, I think that's what makes it so impressive to me. And I'll tell you what, we brought this up last week, and we're going to bring it up again. Nas Reed. Nas Reed is that sixth man, and it, it, you know I'm not trying to say yet he's Kevin McHale. I said that before as well, but, <laughs> but let me tell you something. The guy comes off the bench. And and he's he's been better and better and better. Last three games he had 17 against New Orleans, 27 against Dallas, 27 against Dallas, and 17 too. against Indiana. The guy is stepping up to the plate. And and Mike Connolly is another guy. You know, I know everybody early on said, Well, he's pretty old. What are we doing? What you know, what what are the Timberwolves thinking? Well, he's starting to look a little bit better here and there, too, and dropping some some buckets as well. So when Cat puts in 40, and, and then, then you still get the opportunity to say, "Well, what about uh, Anthony Edwards?" Well, yeah, thirty-seven. That's pretty good because when he first got back, he was a little off uh, a couple games ago, but he seems to be back on now. And and you talked about that relationship. I saw one of the great highlights of the game from the other night was was Cat mm-hmm. throwing the ball over and and getting rid of it and giving it to somebody who has a better better opportunity right there yes. underneath the bucket. So. That's that's impressive and they're doing as a team.
1: Yeah, I mean I think the most impressive thing, what what do good teams have in common? Everybody knows their role and they play to those yep. roles and they play into that thing. Mike Connolly knows unless, you know, some of the scorers are out, he's not the scorer. He's not the guy that's gonna mm-hmm. have to consistently put up points. Jaden McDaniels knows he is not that guy. Kyle Anderson. They they all have their roles, and they fill them very well. Rudy Gobert, even, he he will put up, you know, a 20-something every now and again. But he knows that's not what he's there for. He's there for a specific job, and everybody's been fitting really, really well into those roles.
3: I also think Carl Anthony, and, and speaking to that point that you both made, I think this is no longer Carl Anthony Towns' team. It, it's just not. It, this is Anthony Edwards' team. And and there's probably a secondary tier of uh, of respect for Cat and Rudy but the, to me, what I've seen this year, and, and to your point, what the reason why they're winning is because everybody knows this is Anthony Edwards' team now. And Anthony Edwards knows it's his team. And he's not afraid to be the leader, and he's not afraid to lead the way he wants to lead, to your point, Pete, which is I'm not taking nights off. We're going to play every single night. We're going to try to win every single game, and we're going to do whatever it takes. If that means it's me, if that means I don't do anything in the first quarter, or Carl Anthony Towns comes and beats him up in the paint for 14 points so that I can start dropping threes the whole game, uh, then that works. And I think that's the reason. I think this is now, and maybe it has been for a while, but truly now we're seeing this is Anthony Edwards' uh, a basketball team, and the Timberwolves are, are doing uh, phenomenal because of it. 11-1 and one at home this <laughs> season, 19-5 and five overall. Not we'll bad. take a quick break. Come back. We'll do the fast break a little bit late, but it'll be even better. We'll be right back.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: I'm not complaining about no snow, by the way. I just, I want to preface that, that I mean, while I don't love brown grass, I also love the fact that I haven't had to start up my snowblower this year.
1: Oh, no. You haven't had to start the snowblower, the easiest way to move snow? Ah! I, to... I have. Let me tell had you. Had to, I haven't had to shovel. I have a much. good one, too. Yeah. I, my <laughs> snowblower, for you. it blows
3: it to Wisconsin. I'm Ha-dee-da. not even kidding.
4: That's killer when they when they have that ability in- to just chuck it as long as it's not wet, though, right? <laughs> Charlie, let me
3: tell you, it's cheaper than a chiropractor, yeah. which is what you'll need if you continue shoveling. Well, I've,
1: I've got a shovel and an ice pick, and that's, uh, that's about all I got for my, my little alleyway. <laughs> all right, were on the Wolves. We're going to keep going on the Wolves here, Pete. Uh, okay. uh, they are 19-5. and five. They beat Indiana. Yes, they didn't have Halliburton, but they beat Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, who are a very good team, and Anthony Edwards was horrible that game. They still beat up on them really good. Uh, They've beaten Boston. They've beaten Denver. They've beaten all of these incredible teams, and the more impressive part to me as a longtime Wolves fan, though, is they haven't blown the games that they normally blow. This Indiana game, for instance, normally their star players out, they're on back to backs, they're maybe not doing as great, and you just know the Wolves are going to blow that game, and that has not been happening. They've been winning most of those games. So, Pete, Mm -hmm. my question to you, it is open-ended here. Fill in the blank. The Minnesota Timberwolves are the best Minnesota sports team since.
4: Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an easy one, is it, Dave? <laughs> Great
3: question. It's a left-turn question. I love these.
4: You know, blows like the, the, you
3: going down the highway, and then you go, <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, I, I kind of put them somewhere in that category of the way they're playing right now. Um, I'd say – comparable to the vikings that did not get themselves where they needed to get but that vikings team i always forget the year but that vikings team that we lost to atlanta was it oh 98
1: uh, oh, down i uh, think so
4: down yeah down, 98 yeah. because i think the timberwolves have all the pieces they've put them together so far it's early still we're only 24 games but it's getting you know a little bit more we're getting towards the end of 2023 so i think that uh yeah, I would compare them to that Vikings team where they've got a lot of talent, they've got a lot of explosive players, and it's just a matter of can they continue to keep that up? And I, I tend to believe that they can, so we'll see.
3: Uh, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll, here's where I'll go. I'm going to go, I had a second to look up the year because I had to make sure I had it right. The 2013 Minnesota Lynx with, oh, with Maya Moore and and who else was on that team? Simone Wale Augustus was on that I'd team. And, and Cheryl Reeve was the head coach. I just remember it, it was l- almost every single night they would win. And, and it, you just knew that that group was going to do it every single night. And Cheryl Reeve managing personalities and managing players, very similar to what I think Chris Finch is pulling off right now, which is keeping everybody happy on the floor, even though everybody has a different role. That's the yeah. team I would compare them to.
1: That's All great. right. I thought somebody was going to go links there. Uh, I'm a little surprised you didn't go. what Was it 2009? The Brett Favre Vikings. What? Which one was that? I'm,
3: yeah, that uh, was, was that 09. That was oh, 09. When
1: they, they went down to New Orleans? Orleans. Yeah, the New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, the New Orleans.
4: Squad, Tracy though.
1: Porter. I, can, I still
4: can't like that coach. By the way, Denver or anywhere. Oh, he, he, no, I not
1: Uh, Peyton, Peyton, Peyton. That's his name. Sean I just Peyton. can't like him. Right. And Greg Williams. <laughs> All right, Dave, The uh, now correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe I did my math right. The Wilders, 7-2 and two under new head coach John Hines? Is that, that is it? correct. 7-2 and two under new head coach John Hines. That's a pretty pretty decent record after the start they had to the season. So a two-part question, though, for you, Dave. Is the turnaround more to do with just needing some sort of change, or is John Hines' coaching really affecting this team that much? Second part – Is it real? Is this a flash in the pan or is this turnaround real?
3: Uh, I think the turnaround is real because I think you're seeing guys starting to contribute now who hadn't. And now whether that's coaching differences, um, I think John Hines wants the defense to get more involved in the offense, which is always a great philosophy. I mean, that's how I see it. I, I love offensive defensemen that will get up into the play and start it so that your forwards can get to where they need to be. I, I really think that whatever was happening, guys just needed to loosen up, and it just wasn't working. And that's not an indictment on, on, on Dean Evason. Dean Evason's a good hockey coach. It's just the, the reality of sports is that at some point, every coach with a team loses their effectiveness. No matter how good they are, no matter how much success they are, there is a shelf life to being a coach of a team. That's just what it is. And I think Dean Evason's shelf life, you know, where it was, was up. Because since he's been gone, you're seeing guys like Matt Boldy is finally scoring again. Freddie Goudreau is back in healthy and is scoring again. Um, uh, Philip Gustafson is is playing excellent hockey right now. That, that shootout the other night against Calgary where he makes that final save – and and the guy makes a great move around him and he just lulls him right in to make that great glove save. Guys are playing looser and sometimes and Pete you know more about this than I do that that sometimes just a change of who's talking to you and how the and the way that they do things just loosens you up a little bit and you can start to play freer.
4: I totally agree with you on that front. I I will bring this up though guys because I I think it's important and I I pull for the wild just like any hopefully <laughs> every minnesotan would but here's the one issue I do have. So they've the, the teams that they have gone up against and beat thus far since the coaching change have been Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Chicago, uh St. Louis, and Vancouver. Now let's start looking at those records and trying to figure that out, right? So right. It, it, it hasn't been murderer's row, in other words. He he right. really he got here at the right time. The change was made. And they've done a great job, and and, and obviously Zuccarello and Caprizov and Ericsson, all these guys are are starting to light it up a little bit more. But I think the reality is it's it's kind of like when we get the quarterback right and we go down and we beat a terrible Atlanta team, <laughs> with with the, you know. So I I just want us to be a little bit conscious of that. But that being said, you still got to win them, and and they they are winning them, and they're what, seven and three or something like that? Or eight and two, and two or something? Yeah. S- seven and three in the last 10 games. So they're doing things right. It's just, can we do that against the, the next level uh, teams that we're playing? Because even even Vancouver, as good as they are, uh, there's some teams out there that have some, some great records right now that we haven't had to play with the new coach.
1: Yep. First step is winning the games you're supposed to, though, and they've, yep. uh, they've made that step with John Hines. We'll see what happens from now here on out. Pete, back to you. FCS football, the championship game is all set. Top-seeded South Dakota State absolutely rolled over Albany. 59 to nothing to put the top-seeded Jackrabbits in the championship game. By the way, six Minnesotans on that roster, so uh, quite a few. Not as much as, like, North Dakota State. On the other side, though, of the game is going to be the Montana Grizzlies, second-seeded Montana Grizzlies, who beat the underdog NDSU team. Yeah, they were an underdog this year. (laughs) Number one and two seeds were SDSU and Montana. Uh, Montana also has a Minnesota connection. Their star redshirt freshman running back, Eli Gilman, out of Dassel, Minnesota, Dassel Kokato High School. Uh, I believe he won the FCS Freshman of the Year this year as the running back for um, the Montana Grizzlies. Pete, my question: January seventh, those two teams meet up. Who are you picking?
4: South Dakota State. The, 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 there's something about what what those guys have. They've kind of turned into North Dakota State. It feels like you know. There, there's always been competition. There's always been. Uh, they're going after similar players, and there's obviously the history of North Dakota State, but there's there's just something about what uh, college football and some of the recruiting that they're doing at the highest levels. It's uh, I think it's really really impressive. That Montana team, by the way, is very good, guys. <laughs> you know, they they kind of remind me of the Wyoming teams and the North Dakota State teams and all the rest of that. It's just uh, there are some top tier teams that have been there. They continue to be there. That that execute at a high level. Which is why those coaches are all getting big jobs and getting paid somewhere else. And it's the toughest thing I think that any of these schools have to do is to hold on to those coaches as long mm. as they possibly can before they lose them, because somebody's going to reach out and grab a lot of these various coaches because they've had such great success. And it's uh, it's really impressive, and we've seen it happen a lot of different places, including some D three coach. Uh, well, he's only the one that I can think of, but you know, going going to the bigs, and, and having great success. It, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of uh, those NDSU-Wyoming teams, as yeah. as we've uh, said previously, NDSU's head coach off to USC to be the linebacker's coach. He just announced about 30 minutes ago who their new head coach is going to be, and he was the offensive coordinator quarterback coach at Wyoming under Craig Bowl. Uh His name is Tim Polisek. Uh, stops in North Dakota State, of course, Wyoming, and that Iowa offensive line. He coached that from 2017 to 2020. So mm-hmm. it seems like a, another good hire from the uh, North Dakota State University Bison. Uh, Dave, you got anything to add? You, you, who are you picking in that game? I agree with whatever Pete said. I will
3: never go against Pete <laughs> you know? when it comes to college football, FCS. He knows more about that than i will ever know i He's just forgotten more about that than i will ever know
1: i just like that freshman running back uh, out of montana uh from dassel i think that's a mm-hmm. that's a fun story i He's will really say i've heard
3: the stadium at montana is beautiful yeah it is yeah Pete, they, have you been over there
1: beautiful.
4: yeah yeah it it's it's awesome and i'll tell you another great place guys wyoming if you've yeah. never seen i, the, I got the, the the privilege of doing a game there once for espn and i'll tell you what uh those people are rocking and, and it's at a very high <laughs> that's an incredibly high stadium. I think it I think it's right on the field. It must say sixty seven hundred or fifty seven thousand square feet. Whatever not square feet. Seven thousand feet or whatever it is. Just mm.
1: unreal. Unreal. All right, let's awesome. move on to this last question here. Dave, while the rest of the league is Making moves, including the Royals picking up a couple starting pitchers, Detroit making a couple of moves here and there. Obviously, the Los Angeles Dodgers making more moves than absolutely everybody, picking up uh, Tyler Glasnow and Shohei Otani and Hunter Renfro. <laughs> I love how else? you threw I Tyler's name in there first. What? That's... Oh, and Shohei Otani. Well, everybody knows about that already. He's you know, a great call, yeah. a little bit lesser known, but still a very good pickup for that Dodgers rotation, which doesn't look great. Otani again can't actually pitch this year. So he's just going to be a DH. But back to my point, the Twins have stood pat so far. My question, again, a 2 party for you, Dave. Will the Twins' first move be before or after the first of the year, and what position is that move going to address?
3: Oh, man, Charlie. I don't even... I, I mean, the I think it's always the same because they lost Maley, right? Didn't he? He went inside with the is Rangers in too. he down Texas for Aida, So yeah. I, I mean, at this point, you kind of have to start. It's always pitching, right? You always have to go with pitching because you're losing guys left
1: and right at this point. But um, three gone: I, I, Maely, uh, Maeda, and Gray all have signed. Yeah, yeah so
3: which far. leaves you with Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, Bailey Ober, Chris Paddock. Uh, Chris Paddock too. I mean, yeah, Louis Varlin probably would be your, your maybe, five at that but point. but those guys. I mean, that doesn't like that doesn't scream to me. Man, we got our guy for day one, right? <laughs> I mean, we still don't have. Maybe it's Lopez. Maybe Pablo Lopez is, is your is your day one starter. But I think I think they'll have to address pitching. But I think it's going to come in – I don't think it's going to happen super quick. Just because the way it always works, right? Show high. You got to sign the the guy at the top and then now everything starts to trickle down for salaries and who's going where, where are the twins in the pecking order. I mean, they had a good year last year. I imagine there's some guys that still want to come play here, but um, I, I think it'll take some time. You said after the first year, is that, was that the over-under? Yep,
1: the over-under is the first of the year.
3: I'll say they're, they're going to go. first
1: move in general.
3: I'll, I'll say it'll go, after, it'll go after Jan 1. Because
1: totally guys agree. have to fall into place. Yep, yeah, you have got Yoshinobu but, but, Yamamoto is uh, the next big name that's coming. I just wanted to say that. I've been and They got to
4: figure a they got to figure a pitcher, right? I mean, just just because to. of what they've lost, they've got it. That would be the area. I think it's it always. Is. Yep. Yeah. But the, the Twins always market... need a pitcher.
3: The Vikings always need a lineman, and the Wild always need a top line center. I mean, death taxes and those three things. You can count on it every what, year.
1: What team doesn't need those things in every league, though? What What major league team says, ah, you know, I don't need more pitching? What What Football team says, eh, my kicker's good enough. Other than the Baltimore Ravens, for the last you know x number of years, you got about one team. Everybody needs those positions all the time. That's why we." I need think them. the Edmonton Oilers are
3: probably happy with their their top line yeah, that they have. That, that offense is that's probably cool.
4: the always one. get better. <laughs> they'll never win. Can
1: always get better. Austin Matthews to Edmonton. Oh my gosh!
3: Could you? They don't have the money. There's not enough money unless Figure they do out. the. Yeah, well, defer uh, three quarters of his contract until after he retires, like the like the Dodgers did this week. So that was a great All right, move. right, <laughs> let's take a break. Come back, we'll wrap up the show.
2: <laughs>
3: Welcome back to the huddle. Got a couple of uh, texts here to the WCCO talk and text line. Uh, really great question here from one of our listeners to us Dave and Pete regarding Joe Rossi's departure how is moving to Michigan State a move up and not a lateral move Marty in Minneapolis Hmm. Pete go ahead I I
4: have to agree with him I, I I totally agree is there a was it a step up maybe years ago sure it probably was but at this point in time Michigan State's relatively irrelevant uh, we're, you know, a five and 17 playing in a bowl game. <laughs> He'll, I, is, is Rossi going to coach in at number one and number two? Uh, does he get it? Does he fly home or does he just stay there in Michigan? <laughs> you know, he's That's already great, there.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, usually as long as they're not playing the other team, wouldn't they still coach? And I, I, think, I guess it's a different, it's different if you're a head coach, maybe. I mean, no, they haven't made the, gone. have they made the official announcement yet? Has Michigan State officially announced it? Yeah, they have, and it's. Have. I mean, so it happened with
1: the gone. the Auburn bowl game too. I think what was that Soraka uh, who yeah, left that's uh, right. for Penn State beforehand. Generally, they're gone,
3: and he's leaving yeah. for another Big Ten school. So you probably don't want him hanging around your program, knowing and learning all the things uh, for next year. I agree. With, I, I actually, it is it is a move up, and this is a tough thing to swallow for for people, and and they're not you are not going to like this, and that's okay. But we have to start to accept where the University of Minnesota is in the landscape of Big Ten college football, especially with bigger teams coming in. But uh, th- this this is not a top-tier Big Ten school. It's just not. And and doesn't mean they can't ever be. It doesn't mean they haven't been in the past. But when you look at what the recruiting and the success most recently, Michigan State is the bigger time program. It just is. and And that's – People don't like it. You could disagree with me, but I think it's. I think this says it. This shows it. And probably Charlie, you had said this. He went to the money, but in in terms of more recent success, I think Michigan State's had more than the University of Minnesota.
1: They, I mean, what's recent? I suppose right. Michigan State was pretty good ten years ago. They had a really good streak of uh, of mm-hmm. seasons under Dantonio, and they do have more money. They probably have a little bit more resources. I just don't think that you make that move based on prestige if you're Rossi. I, I don't think that that is the driving force for why you would move from Minnesota to Michigan State. It may be a slight step up. I think it probably is a slight step up. It's relatively lateral, a little bit more, but when it comes down to it, I have to imagine that money is the biggest factor in that.
3: I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm sure that has a huge part to do with it. Um, another texter into our text line, Taylor Landfair, uh, is, is, has entered the transfer portal. Um, if you haven't heard about this, she is the star of the University of Minnesota women's volleyball team, just an absolute stud player. Uh, they get a new coach this year. She plays a year under him. Now she's hit the portal. Uh, I personally, and, and and we've talked a lot about the portal on this show and how much we hate it. To me, this is one of those times where I'm okay, I don't mind this. I think this, to me, this is – why the portal is there, right? To protect students who get into a situation that changes outside of their control. A new coach came in, she plays the season and tries it. It doesn't work for her. And now she's going to transfer elsewhere. I, for one, Pete, I have no problem with the tra- w- with hitting the portal for this.
4: I don't either. And, and I think that the portal, the intention I think was that it was going to give people the opportunity to be able to do exactly like you're saying, okay, right. I was, I was playing for this person they're gone, gives me the opportunity to leave as well. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's morphed into something far different than that. And then we've got players that are literally going every single year into the portal. And, and that's really probably wasn't the intention of, mm-hmm. of the thoughts, which is why this was not thought out right. This and NIL, I think, are, are going to be a killer for college sports into the future.
3: Brad, John- Brad Johnson's kid, Max, is on his third school now? I believe his LSU? brother is too.
1: Yeah, there were in an LSU A&M, A&M, yeah. and now North Carolina. Now North Carolina. Jeez. Well, there you go.
3: Uh, hey, buddy. Pete, I know we don't have you next week. Have a fantastic weekend with your family. Have a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you pretty soon. All right, buddy?
1: Thank you. You guys as well. well we are here. Me and Dave will uh, be here live on Christmas Eve for a live huddle. Dang right we are. Live
3: huddle. <laughs> we're taking it home. You
1: guys are Can't good elves.
3: All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Can't wait to see you then. Have a good week, everybody.